but I feel God is taking us is to expect the unexpected. We, you, we are designed by God to live on expectations. If, when people tell me they've got no expectations, they're lying. Every one of you has an expectation. When you walk into a restaurant, how many of you don't have an expectation? When you go to a restaurant and you pick the most expensive meal, the amount of money it costs raises your expectation. Right? If you see a meal, I've got a steak for you, and it's only $2.50. My expectation is low. Where do you get a steak for $2.50? Right? So we are designed to live on expectation. Though the kingdom of God is designed to live in an atmosphere of expectation. I want you to have a look at the first scripture with me. Ephesians 4 verse 2. It says this. All of you got this straight, right? I'm going to mention this. Be humble. All of you are humble. Okay. Be gentle. All of you qualify. Be patient. Oh, I've just lost 50%. Okay. I'm not even in it. Tolerate one another. <clears throat> Try that on a hot day when your air conditioning stops and you're in traffic. But then he says this. Tolerate one another in an atmosphere thick with love. So God says this. Now watch this carefully. Without an atmosphere of love, it's very hard to love. Without an atmosphere of humbleness, it's very hard to be humble. So God talks about the word atmosphere. The atmosphere in the kingdom of God is also known the vault of heaven, what's locked up in heaven. And here Paul, he says to us, there is an atmosphere that is thick with love. If you can have an atmosphere of love, guess what? Love casts out all fear. So therefore it means that if your expectation is fear is going to come and get me, the Bible says you're in the wrong atmosphere. How many of you know that when you walk into a house, you pick up the atmosphere? You can tell if you're in business, right? You can walk into your manager's office and you can tell if you can feel what just happened to the person in front of you. So we, we, we pick up atmospheres. So what we find is here is that God has always intended for you to expect what you cannot ever attain. So to expect the unexpected is a lifestyle that is in the kingdom of God. Now, all the way through, God has been putting out the word and he's saying, this is who I am. So when you know who I am, you can know what to expect. That is why you don't get married to somebody you don't know because you don't know what you're going to expect. <laughs> that is why when you go for a job application, you, know, you ask them, what can I expect? They say to you, we're expecting 50 hours a week. Your next question is, well, what can I expect from you working 50 hours a week? Correct? Come on, this is logical. So when you realize something in the kingdom of God, that God has always wanted you, and he says, this is the atmosphere that you are in when I'm in you. Now watch this. The first time you can expect, God was teaching to expect the unexpected was in Genesis. Did Adam expect 
to be restored. No, he ran from God. His expectation was this. I have just blown it. God is going to really take it out on me. So come on, Eve, let's hide. Let's hide from God and let's hide what we've done. And what does God do? He does the unexpected. He comes in, you expected me to come with a voice of correction, a voice of judgment, a voice of negativity. But I've come and I have brought a lamb and I am going to restore you. Do you realize the love of God in Genesis? Um, at the present, when, Genesis, uh, when Adam ate the apple, counting from today, plus it's going to be more tomorrow, he affected 8 billion people. somebody did something so bad that affected 8 billion people, what do you think the courts would do to him? But God says this, Adam, I am changing the atmosphere of your thinking and I want you now to expect every time you blow it that I am going to come and rescue you. You're allowed to get excited. So what does that mean? That whatever situation you feel that you have done so badly and that you can't do, that you are beyond rescuing, God says you got it wrong. Because right from the onset, I say to you that you can expect the unexpected. Let's go further. Let's go to Enoch. Enoch got something unexpected. He just believed God. One day he was off to McDonald's to get a meal. And he's walking along and the girl says, would you like an upgrade? All of a sudden he's gone. He had something unexpected happen to him. Noah, in his family, his thing's doing all right. God says to him, something unexpected happens. Hey, there is a flood coming and I'm going to cleanse the earth. But I've got something unexpected. I am going to save you and your family and whoever else wants to join me. Unexpected. See, the judgment of God was going to come. Listen to me carefully with Noah. God said judgment will come. But then he made an open door says, if you don't want the judgment, you can come in. Oh, that's very good. That's worthwhile coming on Saturday night. <laughs> so when people are saying to God, oh, but God, God judges sin. Yes, it's correct. But there's a door called Jesus. Okay, everybody say amen really loud. Amen. Think about this. When somebody's calling to you and you're saying, I've done so much bad stuff. I've done this, I've done this, I've done that. You can go, yeah, that's true. But also in what you've done, there's a door. His name is Jesus and you can get out. So he gets slower. It gets better. Let's talk about the man of faith called Abram. He gets something unexpected. He's in his own house. He's with his folks. He's doing okay. God knocks on the door and says, hey, Adam. Sorry, not Adam. What was it? Abraham. I just wanted to know if you were listening. So he goes to Abram, he's not, he's not even Abraham. And he goes, I'm going to make you a father of nations. And you know what? He's married to a woman that has no womb. That's why it's such a miracle. When she, when he, so when Sarai said, you know, I can't have children, that same phrase is, I have no womb. He said, it is virtually impossible for me even to have IV treatment, whatever treatment you want, it is done. And God says this, I will do the unexpected. 
to restore your womb. Wow. Unexpected. So Abram goes to be in Abraham, and he had something unexpected. Now, what you notice, every one of the people I am calling did not make a move to God. It was a God that made a move to them. It was not on their ability. Then it goes to Moses. Moses tries to be a hero, ends up being 40 years in the wilderness. And guess what? What's he doing? Minding sheep. Funny, God seems to like shepherds. What are shepherds? They deal with dumb animals. I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. He's minding his own business and all of a sudden he turns aside and God calls him. Uh, that's the Old Testament. Just about a thing to David. I could keep on going, but I, I, I know this. Real, we got really good food tonight. <laughs> I, I checked the menu. Let's go further. Let's go to a young woman by the name of Mary. And Mary gets this. Mary, you are going through your womb. God is going to give birth and he's going to be the savior of the world. She got the unexpected. Can you imagine? Mary didn't have a vision statement. She went to, to, you know, to school and I said, all right, everybody. Hey, Johnny, what do you want to be? Hey, I want to be a governor. Hey, Jason, what do you want to be? Hey, man, I want to be a guitar maker. What? Hey, Matthew, what do you want to be? I want to be a tax collector. Oh, you can go outside. He's um, <laughs> going in there and he goes, hey, they go to Mary. Hey, Mary, what do you want to be? I want to get pregnant with God. You can go out with Matthew. Can I, I want you to get this. None of these people had a faith statement, a vision statement of extraordinary things, but it was God that found them. So you get Mary. Let's look at this. Lazarus and, and Martha. She did not have the faith for the resurrection of her brother. So Jesus comes in and they got the unexpected. Think about this. When God came to Martha and she said, hey, Lazarus, take me to Lazarus. She had an expectation when Jesus said, roll away the stone. What was her expectation? He smells. Think about it. If God took you to your dead dream and he says, uncover it, you say the same thing. Jesus, my dream is dead. It smells by now. The reason we've got the stone and the air freshness is because it smells. So you know what the amazing this is? God will take you to something that's died that you can't resurrect and ask you to move it so that you can get the unexpected. So when listen to me carefully now. When God takes you to a part of your life that you feel that you do not want to open up, it is a sign that God wants to heal that. You good? When God takes you in your mind, let's just say this, let's just go back to this. You're in worship service and God puts a picture of a person that's offended you and you are angry with and you don't want to go there. And what's God doing that? He says, you've got a blockage and I'm taking you towards your blockage and I will do the unexpected. So, every, okay, you good? This is really good. I'm going to get this thing myself. I'm going to preach this all over the globe. Now watch this. Then you get Lazarus. Then you get the lame man 
doorway of the church. He's not, he hasn't got an expectation. He didn't get up and he go, hey, hey, friends and family, today, I, I want you to put me again at the door of the temple and I have an expectation. I have a vision statement. I have a faith statement. I have this amazing confession that tonight is the night that I will get healed. No, he didn't. He comes in, he's expecting money. And for those of you that misinterpretation of that scripture that says silver and gold have I none, you never enter the temple without having money to give. But he was a more of a bigger comment was this. He goes, silver and gold have I none because you think that you're what you need. He says, such as I have, give I thee. So he gets the unexpected. Gets better. The woman at the well. What is she doing? She's going about her life she goes, what, what do I need to do? I need to get water. So she goes there and gets water. In the getting of the water, Jesus meets her. I want you to notice how powerful this is. Jesus hardly ever revealed himself as the son of God to, to anybody. He gets to this woman and she gets something she didn't expect. She comes to do her normal thing and then she walks out with one of the greatest revelations on earth. Gets better. Let's talk about the pool of Bethesda in John 5. There's this man, and he is trying to get his healing for 38 years. Uh, okay, uh, do not put your hand up. Because I know you won't. I know my church. Would you give up believing for something after 10 years? Let's go 20 years. 30 years. For 30 years, this man is trying to get healed. And he doesn't give up. And he's there, and the water moves. Somebody moves in front of him, and he's lost again. And then guess what? Jesus comes, and he gives him what he didn't expect. When he saw Jesus, he's going, oh man, here's my healing. That never happened. Then you get the feeding of the 5,000. Now, do you think about it? You know, can you just imagine your family? You're going to hear Pastor Ted preach. Pastor Ted closes the door. And he says, you're not going to get out. It's going to be three days and three nights. You're going to be with me. Now, none of them had this thing. We're going to hear Jesus preach. And guess what? He's going to feed us. They ate everything. Have you ever taken, you know, for the parents, you know what I mean. You pack stuff for food for church with the kids. And by the time the second service, the song is finished, the food's already gone. Right? So here they are. They did not expect to be fed, but the unexpected happened. Hey, let's go further. Let's talk about the cross. Who expected the cross? Who expected the resurrection? Who expected the ascension? See, what, what happened was this, is that we need to believe sometimes there are blockages in our thinking that go... Things only happen if I expect them, but they don't realize when you start to walk with Jesus, you walk in an atmosphere that goes above your expectation. So when you start to realize that when you start to move in the God zone, he says this, I know your expectation. You don't, might not even have an expectation. The Bible uses this amazing word verse. It says, those that sat in darkness saw a great light. 
In other words, if they did not come to the light, the light came to them. Amen. Now, let's go a bit further. Let me give you something. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, back in the dark ages of Christianity when I was a kid, we used to sing these this songs, I Found Jesus. And, uh, I mean, it, it was amazing. It was so anointed. People got saved. It, it's so unbiblical, but it sounded good, right? The music was good. See, you never find Jesus is Jesus that finds you. Because Jesus is never lost, you're lost. So you realize that the atmosphere of heaven is that you start to live with a God that says, I meet your expectation plus this. Now watch this. God will even override your negative expectations to give you something positive. In Luke 15, this young man starts off wealthy, comes from a wealthy family, starts off wealthy. He says to his dad, he breaks every cultural law imaginable. In other words, he says to his dad, Dad, um, I can't, you know what, you're really healthy and I want my inheritance and you're taking a long time to die. Will you please hurry up? And his dad says, no, I've... I'm on vitamins, I, you know, I live well. I'm trying to eat, I eat everything. Um, and then he goes, Dad, give it to me. So his dad gives it to him. And then he says, goodbye, and he leaves. He gets to a point, now watch this. His repentance is not based that he hurt his father. His repentance was based he's ran out of money, and now he's eating slop. Now think about this. We teach, oh man, unless you're sorry for your sins, God's not going to touch you. Unless I meet some sort of great standard of repentance, God's going to touch you. He is there. Just now, I want you to watch this. Put you in the frame of things, of expecting the unexpected. He's there. He's starving. In other words, the person he was working for was feeding the pigs better than he was being fed. Think about We would do the farm. Um, we never fed the pigs like they do today. Some of the pigs live like in five-star luxury, right? <laughs> so they get, you know what? We fed scraps. What, what the table in the house didn't want, what the servants didn't want in the house, came down to the pigs. That were the, that were the, the bottom of the line. And he's looking at them, and the food starts to look good. And guess what? When he then he says the Bible came to his right mind. And he says, in my father's house, the servants got something to eat. Now, I, I, I have a problem with that. He didn't go, oh no, I hurt the father. Man, I was rude. Man, I hurt my brother, I hurt my family, I hurt my relatives. Man, I had such a bad person. No, 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 I'm starving. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually hungry. So what does he do? He, he, he goes, all right, my, what's my expectation? My expectation is if I repent well, I can become a servant. Right? I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I will close the door and you will see me feeding the 5,000. <laughs> so, so he's going, his expectation is that he is in trouble now, but 
Do I starve or do I go home and get into trouble? So he's figured out, I don't want the pigs. I'm not going to go back to the position that I mismanaged, but I will go home. So on there, and he is going and he makes up a repentance. Okay, let's be honest here. How many of you ever done things to your parents and you know you're caught and the dad's coming home, mom's coming home, you're rehearsing how you're going to say you're sorry? <laughs> or, I know all of you have done it. You know what? You've just lost the contract and you know it's your fault and, the, and you get a message on the phone. Hey, Ted, I want to see you about that contract. Oh, no. I, I, in my mind's going click, 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 click. Have you done it? I'm rehearsing. You, you know when you do something wrong, you need a good alibi. I was I was going there, and these Martians came. They took the car, sucked my brain out, put another brain in there. I went in and I muffed up the contract, and all of a sudden they didn't want my brain to put it back in. And I go, what happened? So he's reversing, and he says this. I am not good enough to be your son. Let me be a servant. And what does the father do? The father comes in and he gets what he didn't expect. So what we start to see through the scripture is if we, yes, I do believe in stepping out in faith. Yes, I do believe in confession. But I tell you what, when you have hit something and you feel you can't get up, this is for you. If you feel like you don't deserve something, this is for you. See, when, when the uh, uh, prodigal son was honest to the father, he figured out what he deserved. And he goes, I know how the family home runs, so I don't deserve his love. I don't deserve his authority. I don't deserve my old bedroom back. I don't deserve my place at the table back. I am going to eat outside of the house. But the father says this, is you don't get to determine what I think about you. Let me say that again. You don't get to determine what the father thinks about you. Satan wants to do is to put words and thoughts into your mind. This is what the father thinks of you. See, I don't have a right to determine how God thinks of me. Let me tell you why. Because when, he, when Jesus was dying on the cross, he never asked me. Okay, you need to put your hand up on this one, okay? When, before Jesus went on the cross, did you have a meeting with him and he asked you a couple of questions? Like, do you want me to die for you? <laughs> God, if that happened to you, could you please put your hand up? Because I... I, 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 I you, you don't like putting your hand up, do you? Think about this. When Jesus died, he never gave you the right to say yes or no. He never asked you the right, do you want me to forgive you or not? He already did. See, this is the amazing thing about preaching the gospel. You're preaching the gospel and telling people, Jesus has forgiven you your sin. You need to just accept it. You good? So therefore, when you start to think, I, my situation hasn't got the right to tell what I can expect. People don't have the right to tell me, Ted, you can't expect this, you can't expect that. So, what, what, now watch this. Oh, we're going to time. Hey, we're doing really well. 
Look at Proverbs 23, verse 18. Your future is bright and filled with a living hope that will never fade away. I want you to underline this, living hope. Not an expirational hope. Therefore, it means this, is when God puts his word out there, it's a living hope, it doesn't die. Let me take you up another level that I believe will help you. Going back to the prodigal son, do you realize in every sphere, every Bible translation, every sermon that I have heard, it never says that he lost his sonship. That means that the father always called him a son. He might have been a stupid son, but he was still a son. But guess what? Guess what this? Everybody preaches on what he lost. But when he goes to the father, God erases what he lost and gives him back what he lost. Can you talk about family now? How many of you feel like you lost something and it's finished, you're done, bang? I'm too old to get married. Okay. You've missed so many opportunities. No. See, see, when we enter the kingdom of God, God says, I want you to expect the unexpected because that's who I am. So most of our expectations, it's a living hope. That's what means it doesn't die. Yeah. It goes from generation to generation. Can I... Can I take, give you something really deep, deep, deep? Yeah, yeah. Can I? Yeah. When God made um, a promise to Abraham, he says, Abraham, your seed will affect the whole world. In other words, it's what I bless you with is going to bless the globe. What's interesting, the following chapter, Abraham asks him, are you sure that that's going to happen? How do I know that what you promised me is going to affect Faith Life Church on a Saturday night? And God says this, I'll tell you what I'll do. He says, I promised you and you believe me. So what, you know what Abraham was saying? What if my son hasn't got the same faith as me and then the, the promise stops? kids and they're going get on the south side <laughs> and God made you a promise and you go well yeah but it's according to their faith now I want you to notice this God does this to Abraham and he's done with the same thing to you he goes Abraham he goes I made a promise to you I'm going to make you another promise he says I promise on me that I will fulfill what I have promised you it is not dependent upon Isaac. It's not dependent upon Jacob. It's dependent that I made a word to you. So therefore, it means, now watch it. Can I take this high? If God made a promise to you, even if you muck it up, God says, I'm not going to muck it up. I'm still going to make sure you get it. Okay, it might be 10 years late, but I'm going to get it. You see, when we start to move in there, the word of God in what we have just said, a living hope says, I'm not dependent upon your education. I'm not dependent upon your ability. I am dependent upon the one that gave it to me. See, so your expectations are always being dragged down with what you think about yourself, what you think about God. 
and he goes, a living hope that will never fade away. Say never. never. I want you to get this. This is not a suggestion. God is saying that the hope that I have given you, I haven't got an expiry date. I haven't got a disconnection date. What I have is I am faithful to my word. Can we take this another level? The Bible says, even if you are unfaithful, what does he say? Even if you are unfaithful to make this, for you to be a channel to get a blessing, I can't deny myself. So therefore, your faith is not upon what you're going to do. Your faith is upon he can't deny himself. What does that mean? God is always going to love you. Yeah, but Ted, you don't know what I've done. I don't want to know what you've done. The person next to you doesn't want to know what you've done. God knows. But God says this, what you've done cannot disqualify you because I qualified you. Let's go a bit further. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 3.12 In the light of this, this hope that we have we act with great confidence and speak with great courage. So watch this. That the speech that you are to speak has to come from the hope that he has given, not you. See, we talk about our experiences. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. I am not this. And God says, this is Paul speaking, in the light of this. In other words, this is that the revelation that now that I have, I will start to speak from the revelation, not from personal experience. Therefore, you know what it means? You can ask for things that you've never, ever even experienced. If you've never experienced... Okay, can you... Say you're born in a village somewhere with no electricity, no running water, no Wi-Fi. Some of you just died. Now, you've never experienced anything. And I come there and I go, hey, you can experience Wi-Fi. They go, we've never experienced it. Because I, I, I haven't been brought up in it. God says this. I can take you to the stuff that you cannot articulate. I can take you to things that you thought were not possible. It's because you're, you're in another realm. You're in an atmosphere realm. Let's, let's go. It says, I speak with confidence in the light. In that, with, in, and I speak with great courage. In other words, is this. Your speech is determined by your expectation. And your expectation is birthed by your revelation. And if the revelation in you is not a God revelation, you speak out of that revelation. Let me, watch this. Let me give you, so you can pinpoint yourself in the revelation. Oh, you know what, Pastor Ted, I, I can't do that. Every relationship has failed. Everything is this. You know what, I tried and I failed. You know what, you're speaking out of the revelation of your failure. You're not speaking out of the revelation of God. See, sometimes it sounds good, but it's not. Okay, I've just looked at the time. <laughs> Look at this. Luke 4, Luke 5, verse 4. After speaking for a while, Jesus speaks to Simon. Move out into the deep water and drop your nets to see and, and see, what, see what you will catch. Now, I want you to notice this. Peter 
didn't make a bold statement about going fishing. He didn't, set this, he didn't do it. So what you, I want you to know is that prior to this, because you're going to read it later, aren't you? Because you've got Sunday morning free now. <laughs> so with your coffee. Right? So Jesus goes to Peter. Peter, uh, the, uh, the, it's really, really crowded here. Can I go into your boat and I'll preach from the boat? So he does that. Then he says to Peter, go out. Now, watch this. Move out into the deep water and drop your nets to see what you will catch. Simon, perplexed, said, Master, we've been fishing all night and we haven't caught even a minnow. But at right, but all right, I'll do, I'll do it if you say so. Now watch this. Your expectation doesn't work. In shallow water. You've got to go out of your depth. Let me put it this So I want you to get this. What Peter is saying. Jesus, before we gave you the boat, we've been fishing all night. I want you to notice his revelation speaking. Our self-effort couldn't catch anything. But then he says, I want you to go out in the deep. And I want you to notice if you're a fisherman, you're fishing at the right at the wrong end of the day. You don't use nets during the day because the fish can see the net. And, he's, and they're going, Jesus, you're asking me to do something that is illogical. Now, I want you to notice this. To step into the unexpected, you've got to retrain your thinking to the possible, from the impossible to the possible. It starts with your thinking. It starts with, man, I've got so much, I'm going to have to finish it another time. But it starts with, how do you think? Do you think that God's going to leave you as you are? Do you think that God says this, you made your bed, now sleep in it? Come on. I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up because I know you're not. I know all of you have made silly, silly, silly mistakes. How many of you have got this great share offer, you made it, and then you took, it took five minutes to sign the contract. It's taken years to get over it. We, we, all of us do things and we go, now I base my expectation on my past. But God says this now, watch this, we're going to make a transition. You base your expectation upon your future, not your past. That is why you need to deal with the fact that God has totally and utterly forgiven you. So now when God sees me, he sees me in Christ. And it's his Christ in me. And now when I start to speak, I'm speaking on what's inside of me. See, most of us are speaking from a memory of past. But why don't you speak from the reality of Jesus in you? Can I say that again? Jesus, okay, when you got saved, two, um, um, a lot of miracles happened, but what happened? When you got to Jesus and you said, I believe in you, God says, great. First thing we're going to do is I am going to utterly remove your past. Done. Now, I am going to go in you, and then you are going to go in me, so you're doubly in Jesus. You good? Then he says this, renew your thinking. What was he saying? Is that your thinking 
is out of kilter with what's in you and what you're in. Most people are talking about what they are instead of what Jesus is. Like this, oh, I'm a nobody. Do you think Jesus is in you going, I'm a nobody because I'm a pig? If I was a Victor, I'd be great. But no, 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 I happen to be stuck in this body called pig. Why don't you start by speaking on the voice inside of you instead of the voice outside of you? We'll fit, uh, I'll finish this next week, okay? Because I'm just, I just think this is amazing. There's just so much revelation in this. But we're going to pray. Can I, can just, there's a worship thing. Where, where are you? My expectation is big on you guys. Hey, hey we've we got five minutes before we're going to do Everybody said? And you know what I will do tonight? I will also pray for them. You're here so you can go straight out there and get stuck with them. Thank you, Ted. Slide. You're welcome. Now, watch this. To, this is when you know when you've got an expectation. What is the first thought that you have in the morning? Coffee? <laughs> Finally, there's a saint. I'm coming home with you today. But you know what is this? You know what you're expecting. Okay, let me just... I've got to take this up a notch. No expectation is an expectation. So therefore, it means you get up in the morning, I don't think anything good's going to happen to me. You know what you've done now? You have just blocked all the unexpected things from happening to you. Ah, you're going shopping. I can never, ever find a car park. Guess what? The person that was going to go out decided not to. They decided to make a phone call as you're driving. Have you ever had that? You go, all of a sudden, the person gets in the car, and you go, yes! And then they start, <coughs> No. But you see, one of the things is this. What are you expecting? Let's look at another. What did you expect from tonight? See, God will meet your expectations, but then take it up another level. I expected this. Hey, look, I prayed for, we, uh, we prayed for a guy that came up for, up for healing and he had sinus problems. He couldn't breathe properly through his nose. He got prayer for his sinuses. He came back, phoned me up, and he says, Pastor Ted, when your team prayed for my sinuses, I had a knee reconstruction. And he goes, but I didn't ask for it. He got what he didn't expect. Uh, you know what? Hey, uh, God, I'm expecting a $2.50 an hour raise. I, I, I want to go from minimum wage to two fifty. And God says, look, I, I, my expectation is to give you the, uh, the business. Your expectation is to increase your hourly rate. Okay, come on. See, one of the things is that we, when we start to live in a low expectation, and God says, I want you to expect the unexpected. What are you, let's go, what are you expecting tomorrow? What are you expecting? See, I have an expectation on my family. But I don't go, I don't, Tammy is a part of my family. I have an expectation. 
But I don't go to her, hey, Tammy, these are mine. I go, God, my expectation, you've given this amazing young woman who happens to be my daughter-in-law now. I have this expectation that we're going to grow together. She's going to flourish, all that. That's my expectation. See, it, this church is my expectation. See, what we do is everything. God says, I want to rise above your expectation. But it takes a change of thinking. It takes a change of, I'm going to look at things differently. I'm going to look at myself differently. I'm going to look at God differently. You know, it's going to be like, what? see, when the prodigal son, he had an expectation. But even take that little bit of an expectation, give it to God, and guess what God will do? He'll supersize you. And God is not going to leave you on the level of your expectation. Come on, why don't we rise up?